0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Rad Rides Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Zollers, and today I have a crazy crossover episode, one that came to fruition not because we wanted to do something crazy, but because I had to. The podcast, unfortunately, got hacked, and all of my data on Facebook and Instagram uh, has been pretty much wiped away where I haven't been able to correspond with a whole lot of people that I was talking to, to set up episodes. And um, so I was kind of relegated to going to people that are close to me here. Uh, Unfortunately, as you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's not a whole lot of car things going on. And not a whole lot of people who want to talk cars as they're with their family, which I completely understand. So, I got my wife, who was asked about all the time on the podcast, uh, or when we're at car shows and things like that, and uh, I thought I would bring her on and talk about not only muscle cars, but her being a professional bodybuilder. I know there's a lot of questions that people have all the time, and I hope that we answered a lot of them on this podcast. I had a really good time with her. Uh, We had uh, fun just sitting here and uh, drinking a couple of drinks, something that we don't get to do a whole lot of. Had Christmas music in the background, Uh, it was actually really fun, and I had a really good time, but go check her out uh, online, uh, Instagram, jenny.snacks, or you can get on any of the pro IFBB pro leagues. You can see her on there. Uh, She's all over the place there as well. You can find her on Facebook, Uh, at Jennifer Zollers, or you can just get on the podcast and listen because I talk about her a lot as I go to many of the shows and I help her out uh, managing her business and managing her social media and marketing. So uh, Again, I had a really good time. Get online, uh, radridespodcast.com. You can see all of the other episodes there. For people who are listening in the bodybuilding community who don't listen to this on the regular about cars. If you're interested in cars, go on there and check it out. There's, I think, f- this is the 47th episode. So there's 46 other episodes about really cool cars and really cool people who are building them and the stories behind them. But uh, again, I had a great time. Thanks to my wife for getting on here. I know she's not great in front of the camera and doesn't is, doesn't really like being there, uh, but she really got on this and, and did a really good job. So please, without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Miss Jennifer
1: Zollers. I really need another margarita.
0: <laughs> yes, no, you didn't need another margarita. But all right, we're live. <laughs> Welcome to the Rad Rides podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello, everybody.
0: So, this is a weird crossover episode of bodybuilding and cars. We thought it would be a good idea because the podcast got hacked, unfortunately. And that's what we've been dealing with for the past month and a half. Well, me, not really you. I've been dealing with the past month and a half. <laughs> So the, the podcast got hacked, which is why you haven't seen any updates, which is why you haven't seen a new episode, and which is why I really haven't been communicating with too many people on, uh, well, I haven't on Facebook because they completely locked me out. But on Instagram, that's why I haven't, is because the hacker can still see what I'm doing at all times. So I got locked out of all the conversations I had with everybody on social media for getting lined up on the podcast which is why I haven't had another guest, which I have plenty of guests lined up, and once I get my Facebook and Instagram back, we will uh, be able to have more episodes. But right now, we thought this would be a good idea because everybody asks all the time about my gorgeous wife, all the stuff about her. I thought maybe we should have a muscle car and muscle girl podcast.
1: (laughs) Does that really fit together?
0: It completely does, 100%. 100%. Look, guys like, you know, red-blooded Americans, like muscle cars, Ugh, grunty, ah, even though they're not the fastest things on the world, it's kind of masculine. And American-made women. And they like American-made women, that's exactly right. So, <laughs> Although there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast around the world, so they might like Brazilian women, or Finnish women, or Russian women, Chinese women. Well, but we're talking about bodybuilding, which there's bodybuilding girls from all over the country, which you follow. That's true. All the time. So and I've traveled
1: all across the country. I've met all of them.
0: That's right. And please introduce yourself, Jennifer Zollers, <laughs> aka Jenny Snacks, to everybody so that we can uh, get the introductions going and everyone knows who you are, even though if you've listened to this podcast, you know I am. <laughs> but... I know you're gonna promote it on your Instagram, which has like, I don't know, like 15,000 people on it. So they've never heard of me. So you should probably introduce yourself.
1: All right. Hi everybody on Rad Rides podcast. This is Jen Zollers, IFBB wellness pro and Pittsburgh's first wellness professional bodybuilder. And I'm one of the top uh, competing American wellness bodybuilders with one of the best resumes in the category to fit. I agree. That's very good.
0: Yes. And you met me when I had a crazy car addiction <laughs> and had like eight cars at one time. And so you were indoctrinated into the car world, even though you kind of liked cars before this, right?
1: I was a little interested, but I didn't know quite as much as I do now, now that I've what, married what, you and been with you for about six plus years.
0: What, what was your interest before this? Oh, that's a cool car. I just kept walking.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I was not interested in car shows whatsoever. I thought it was a bunch of like old people getting their old muscle cars together and just, I don't know, it wasn't my scene whatsoever.
0: Well, I'm 40 now, so maybe I'm an <laughs> old person.
1: And sometimes you're one of the youngest people at these car shows. Most but, of
0: the time I'm one of the younger people. Yeah. But
1: I learned so much from everybody that's at these car shows.
0: Yes. And the uh, more that we go to, the more comfortable you get, right? Absolutely and you like to take the camera there and get some nice photography and stuff. You did it at the last car show.
1: Yep, I do have a degree in art education, so I figured I would start using it to my advantage and I just love it altogether. I haven't painted in years, but figured I'd dabble into photography a little bit and it's breaking out a new angle for me and my artistic skills, so Jason. My husband would like me to be in front of the camera, but I actually enjoy being behind the camera taking all these cool shots. That's very
0: good. I, I like your shots too. They're very good. <laughs> uh, so so we'll get to hmm, not one of my what your favorite car of mine is, because everybody knows all my cars. But what is like your favorite car overall? Like what's the car that right now you're like always like, ooh, I want one of those?
1: You make fun of me for this all the time. It's the MG. The I MG. love it. <laughs> It's so tiny, but it's so cute, but it's something that I can handle. I obviously can't drive a stick, but...
0: (laughs) But I've tried to teach you multiple times.
1: I know, but I'm afraid to mess up your car. (laughs) It's okay.
0: We know how to fix them. That's the best part of this whole deal.
1: But the MG is my favorite.
0: And why? Just because it's small and tiny and you feel like you can handle it?
1: Yeah, and uh, from an artistic point of view, it's just pretty just how it flows and i, I want love- to say
0: we were talking the 70s mgs I'm not talking the 80s MGs, Correct. which are very ugly yes and if you have one they are so ugly they're <laughs> awesome to collect right it's like one of those kind of cars like the thing like do you know what a volkswagen thing is Mm-mm. no it was like an old army vehicle and that uh i think it was amphibious i think you could take it on and off, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. People are gonna yell at me for this, but it was a very <laughs> ugly car, but it's so ugly that it's cool and everybody collects them. Mm-hmm. And so now they're like, you know, kind of like a rare thing. you never see them at car shows,
1: but- No. No, no. But the MGs that I like stick out like no yes. other. Everybody looks at them. I know you don't like them because- so they're, they're
0: too tiny, I can't fit in them.
1: That's well, the obviously I'm only 5'5", so it's like perfect for me.
0: Yeah, exactly, so how am I gonna ride in it? I'm gonna look like a uh, Barbie in the Barbie car. You know what I mean? Head sticking out the top of the windshield.
1: Hey, it's not about who's riding in it. It's about what the car looks like with people in it. Okay.
0: All right. All right. And so as you've seen all the cars and everything that we've like hung out around and everything like that, do you like the muscle cars? Do you like the trucks? Do you like big jacked up stuff? Do you like lowered stuff? What's like your style? If you had to pick like a style to go with.
1: If Do you I like would, original Okay, stuff? hold on. If okay. I would say what my least favorite is, it would be the ones that are jacked up, the ones that are propped up on all the suspension, everything. Those, I feel like they're compensating for something that they are lacking. So those are my <laughs> least favorite.
0: <laughs> so you don't like those?
1: No. <laughs>
0: Big diesel guy jacked up?
1: No, because I feel like you're hiding for something else that you are lacking in. So it's like, who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to show off Maybe you're like, trying show to be off king for? of the road. Mm, no, I can see right through that. Uh, and every other woman can see right through that.
0: Oh, see, okay, you're hearing it, ladies. You're hearing it straight from the source here. That's what ladies think, jacked up truck guys. Which I've never had a jacked up truck on the show because it seems like every time I line one of them up, they like have something break at the last second. And then they're like, I don't want to do the show because it's broken. I'm like, I don't care if it's broken. I don't care if it's in a million pieces. Like It's about building in your garage. And like working on the car, I'm glad that it broke right. because nobody's car is perfect all the time, unless you buy a brand new car.
1: No, it's reason. not about whose car is souped up the most with all the latest gadgets, all the latest technology. That doesn't make the car itself.
0: And I know your favorite car that I own is probably the least technical, probably the most basic bare bones version of a and car that one I own. And which one is it? The 1966 F100.
1: I know, and I've warned you many times of all the cars that you have. Do not sell that one. I know, one.
0: I know. And Angelo has tried to buy that truck from me a, a few times, and I told him no. I said it's my priceless. wife would kill me. My wife would divorce me if I uh, <laughs> if I sold this car. Sorry. It and why so- do you why do you like that? Why do you like that truck so much?
1: It's just priceless, and it's timeless. It's one of those cars that it's a once in a lifetime vehicle that comes to your attention. Even the color of it how well it was preserved over the years. And it's just one of those cars that you look at, you think nothing needs done to it. Why mess with it as it is? If it is truly as beautiful as as it in its original form, then that is the car that you need. I -hmm. feel like original cars should not be messed with so much, like all these souped up and tricked out and custom made cars. I feel like you're losing the edge of what that car really meant in the beginning. What
0: if it was all beat up and rusted through and everything like that when they got it.
1: I would say it would still have some value to it, but this car is very well taken care of yes. over the years.
0: Yeah. oh, it's a classic truck. I mean, when you look up, you know, classic old truck, it's like a picture of that, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's timeless. That's what you it's think about. a snapshot of what it was when it was first bought.
0: And it is. When we drive that that truck together, it's very much like being in the 60s. Even That's though right. like Everything around you is modern and everybody's got modern brakes and big horsepower and everything like that. We get in that truck and you row through the gears and you're just in a different time. You look out that, that hood and you look out that huge, you know, front glass and you're like, whoa, this is different, right? You smell all the smells. It smells like gasoline in there. Like, I mean,
1: you smell like gasoline when you're done driving. Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like, it handles like an old truck, so you gotta go slower around curves, you know, you can't make real quick moves, it's got little skinny tires, you know, you can hear all the noises in it, there's no radio, because it never came with one because it was mm-hmm. an old farm truck, and you just get to enjoy,
1: enjoy the ride. what it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're not messing with the AC because there's no AC or anything in it. You're not messing with any buttons, anything like that, you're just driving and enjoying the ride.
1: You it's like that? back to the future, you are transported back in time. And that's one of the showstopper pieces that you have in your entire collection when we're driving down the neighborhood. All the like older gentlemen that are retired in our community, they tip your, their hats to you. Yes,
0: they like that one. They don't mm-hmm. like the loud ones.
1: No. Like I mean, the they like it, but it's not as effective as the red one.
0: And they really dislike the Apache.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I love that truck. Anyways, mm-hmm.
0: so... So what's the, here's the, here's where the crossover is between good looking women and cars is y'all do a lot of modeling for these things and people pay a lot of money to have good looking women model their cars, right?
1: Believe it or not, I've never modeled in front of a muscle car before.
0: Yes. See, and I've told her to get into it. Why won't you get into it?
1: Uh, to me, that is, I've been to all these car shows with you and I've been behind the camera just looking for the artistic point of view. To me, that's asking for a little bit more attention than you really need.
0: Okay, all right. So you don't want that attention. You already have enough attention.
1: I already have enough with what I do in the bodybuilding community. I'm more of a competitor than I am a person looking for attention. That's not me. Sure. So I'm all about the competitive part of it. And then when I go to these car shows, I admit I like to be anonymous and I just like to be a person behind the camera. And there are some people who do recognize me at shows and I kind of play it up a little bit. They're like, oh my God, are you Jenny Stacks? I'm like, I don't even know who that is. So, <laughs> But no, eventually, like I do admit to it. But The best least,
0: is, do you work out? What gym do you go to? And you go, I've never worked out in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> even when I'm coaching basketball and some people ask, like some of my parents are like, oh my God, does she work out? I'm like, no, I just do it for fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So when you go to these car shows, what kind of cars are you looking for to shoot? Like, what's your favorite thing to kind of see, is it, is it the colors, is it the shape, you know? Is it the old, the new? Because I mean, you've you've taken some shots of some really nice newer BMWs, and even my Eclipse and things like that, which are not really that new, I mean, I guess it's a classic car, but it's newer than like a 70s or 60s or 50s car.
1: Um, I wouldn't say that it has to be a newer car or older car or a specific color. It has to be what fits that car, that body type, and what the custom designs were from that owner. So, I've seen some pretty crappy custom designs on, like, an older car or a brand new car that they think are like, yeah, this is the shit. This is the one that's going to win the show. And I'm like, not necessarily. Sometimes it looks cheap. It looks just forced together. I like something that just flows together. I definitely do not like the taxicab yellow. So whatever car is in the taxicab yellow, I will not shoot. I just don't like it. I think it's ugly. It's like mustard. It's not my favorite color. That's
0: a tough color to pull off. There's only a few cars on this planet that can pull off uh, a yellow really well. Uh, off the top of my head, a Corvette. Corvettes can pull off yellow pretty well.
1: Corvettes have always
0: been pretty cool in that yellow color.
1: I, I have, have yet to, to see one that I really enjoy, especially with the lighting, too. Really, huh? Mm-hmm.
0: I always thought, even though you just said jacked-up trucks are not your favorite thing, I think a good jacked-up truck in yellow is really cool, too. I like think a jacked-up
1: truck in general is not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a
0: connoisseur like me, Snacks. Um, I think a jacked-up truck in yellow, I think, is awesome. Like, I really, really enjoy it. You know what I mean? So I think there's only a few cars. Some of the European cars can pull it off. Some Alfa Romeos. True. Some of the Ferraris. Some of the Lamborghinis can pull off the yellow. But for the most part, American cars, outside of the Corvette, it's tough. When
1: I think of American cars, I do not think of yellow at all. I think of red. I think of royal blue. I think of black, like classic black.
0: Yeah, reds, Mm -hmm. whites, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, remember the FJ Cruiser? We used to have
1: mm-hmm that in mm-hmm. yellow
0: to me looks hideous
1: oh my god there aren't many colors that you can put on that car <laughs> did you like that car Uh eh, it was all right that oh it was, was a favorite. good travel
0: vehicle what are you talking about um what didn't you like about it
1: oh i've seen some royal blue colors in that car and i've seen the taxi cab yellow and it's ugly well but, yeah,
0: but what didn't you like about the one that we owned
1: oh i like the one that we owned oh, i like the tan the color, too. color yeah, yeah. That was a good color. Mm-hmm.
0: I enjoyed that color a lot. That was a good truck. Shouldn't have got rid of it, but it was rusting out, so we had, to get, we had to move it on. Moving right. on to its next owner.
1: Before it disintegrated.
0: Before it disintegrated, that's exactly right. So in the bodybuilding world, let's swap over to that. We've talked about cars, and well, we can go back and forth with cars. Because there is a lot of people in the bodybuilding world that like cars. That's true. A lot of the male athletes. True. I don't know of many female athletes. However, they gave away a Corvette at Rising Phoenix <clears throat> Last year, right? A new Corvette.
1: Uh yes, that was so the, to women's, the women's bodybuilding winner.
0: So she won a brand new Corvette. Mm-hmm. Does she ride in it? I don't know. I don't follow her. You probably follow her.
1: I don't know if she actually rides in it. She hasn't posted any pictures. Who of it, who though.
0: who won it? Um what's her name? She's
1: really good. I can't think of the name at the moment, right. but
0: Yeah. I haven't seen it online, so but I think they were like they couldn't get the Corvette, so maybe they were swapping it out for a truck. I don't know. Yes,
1: about. they did swap it out for a truck at the show. I think they were trying to do a Corvette, and then at the last minute on show day, they had a truck instead.
0: Yeah, because they couldn't get it in. That's right, that's exactly right. But they don't give away too many cars at these events, which <coughs> you would think for, especially for the male bodybuilders, that would be like the thing, you know right. what I mean?
1: Well, women's bodybuilding definitely draws more of a crowd than the other categories.
0: You think women's bodybuilding pulls more of a crowd than men's bodybuilding?
1: Actually, I think that women's bodybuilding is starting to pull more of a crowd, but I really think the up-and-coming category is the wellness category, the one that I compete in.
0: You think so? hmm I still think bikini pulls the most in.
1: Uh, just because of the numbers, I think. They just have so many pros right now in the circuit.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really
0: the most talked about category in the women's kind of area. Even on like Reddit and stuff like that, it's all like bikini. bikini- it's called Bikini Talk. And they just lump wellness and other things into it. And all they want to talk about is bikini
1: chicks. Well, technically, we're all in bikinis, so that makes sense. (laughs) Touche. That's very good. (laughs)
0: Snacks has had a few
1: margaritas, and she's funny when she has them. (laughs) You never know what's going to come out of my mouth after a couple of these. Uh, So the, hello,
0: uh, the Ron... Uh, I'm drinking, you're drinking a margarita. Mm-hmm. We should say that because we always drink, you usually drink on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm drinking this uh, Ron Ebuelo from Panama, 12 year. It's delicious. It's really good. You didn't like it. I think it's really good though. I just got it in Chicago. Just came back.
1: Oh, I can't do spiced rum though. It's not spiced rum. It's aged rum.
0: But <laughs> you're drinking a margarita, which you've been drinking all day long.
1: Yeah, since about three o'clock.
0: Is that your go-to?
1: Um, yeah, I would say so every time I get a chance to unwind a little bit and actually enjoy normal life for a little while.
0: Yes, and that doesn't happen too much.
1: No, I'm always on the go. It's not just bodybuilding, but coaching basketball. My own clients, I am busy 24-7. Yeah,
0: so what's like an <clears throat> off-season look like? Because everybody thinks, everybody when they ask me, they're like, oh, when's Jen competing this? Is she like, what kind of shape is she in? And I'm like, she's a normal human being like <laughs> six months out of the year and then a super athlete uh, the other six months out of the year. So what's, like, the off-season look like?
1: Oh, the off-season looks like to me is definitely catching up with people that I haven't had a chance to go out with before because I would say I'm kind of a hermit during competition season. Um, you really have to sacrifice your social time with friends and not just friends, family also. So as soon as I come off of prep, I try to catch up with everybody that meant the most to me, my family, my close friends, um, I only have a close group of friends. There's only a couple of them that I really like to go to. But I always love to go out for pizza with my favorite place with my husband, that's Kuchina Bella, And I have to get sushi with my friend Nikki. That's a given. Those are the two places I have to go. And then just catching up with everything and I dive back into coaching basketball and give my daughter and her friends some of my knowledge that I know is from basketball. But once I'm in season, it's a little bit harder to coach basketball at that time. But Obviously, in the off season, I get to enjoy myself a little bit, and I will never prep during the holidays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yes, which is nice. Thank you, because we get to be actual
1: family,
0: <laughs> actual family around the holidays.
1: I get to be is... a normal person.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, like, what's like a day? Like, you wake up in the morning. Like, uh, I know you still eat a lot in the off season because obviously you're trying to grow, right? So you don't need to stay stage lean. But at the same time, you really need to push food into your body and start pushing muscle, right? Because that's where you get better.
1: Absolutely, yeah. In the off-season, you have to push food in order to grow. A lot of women who think that, oh, I still need to be stagely in the off-season, which isn't true whatsoever. I mean, right now, I'm 20 pounds up for my stage weight, which is a normal-looking person. Merry um, thickness. Merry Thixmas. Merry Thixmas. <laughs> and we call it Thanksgiving too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But you do have to push the food in order to grow. It's not just an off season, but it's an improvement season also. Yes, your cardio is reduced a little bit, but you still need to do a certain amount of cardio in order to maintain um, a healthy perspective with your heart and your lungs and conditioning. That's just an overall health and wellness perspective. But you have to push the weights hard and you need to fuel yourself adequately in order to push those weights so you can grow.
0: And. I know this is a hard part for you, which I hope you, you know, you talk about a little bit in depth here, but I know you're you're so you come off that stage, you're so lean, it's the best you look, you know, you and usually every time and most girls, most pros, every look that they bring to the stage is usually better than the last look, right? So you're basically every time you're on stage, you're like, this is the best I've ever looked. And then you go immediately into that off season and you start putting on the weight because no one walks around like that unless you're mm-hmm. an absolute freak of nature, mm-hmm. and no one walks around like that, and then psychologically, what does that do to you?
1: Ooh, I would say post-show is probably the hardest for me, at least there's those first three weeks, and I tell my clients that too, because you work so hard for 12 to 14 weeks up for that one day where you're on stage for 60 seconds, and then as soon as that's over, it's like, now what, now what do I do? And as soon as you come off stage, like you've worked so hard to get so lean, you have to be so careful with how you introduce food and how quickly you introduce an increase of food. So it plays with your head a little bit. It's like, I've worked so hard to get so lean to look my very best. And then right after the show, it can change in an instant. So you take in whatever cheat meal you do after that and you increase the inflammation, the water weight retention, and weight will skyrocket in that first week. So it does mess with your head. And I call that the post-show blues. We all get that. And if you don't get that, well, then you're just not superhuman. (laughs) (laughs) But I think a lot of people hide that on social media and they don't want to admit it, how hard it is post-show. And I'll admit it myself, like it messes with my head. You work so hard to get your leanest and your best in shape. So afterwards, obviously, when you gain a little bit of weight, you think, oh man, like, am I not my best? Like, what is my audience going to think? And you don't want to post those post-show shapes, those post-show videos, those post-show pictures, and I think a lot of women don't post those because they're afraid of what their audience is going to think.
0: But I think more have here lately. I think it's become a little more real, and I think that's a good good swap because when I was growing up looking at all these bodybuilders, obviously the only outlet, oh my God, I'm dating myself, was magazines, (laughs) right? So every time you saw a magazine cover or something, these guys were ripped. They were in shape. They had done the photo shoot Literally right after the show or right before the show. Right. And those guys were just in, you know, immaculate condition. Whereas now, you know, like yourself, people who follow you, you they see your day-to-day life mm-hmm. and they see the changes. And you can't fake being stage lean all the time unless you went out and did a big photo shoot beforehand. And had just a bunch of extra photos laying around of you when you were freaking lean you know what i mean but that's not real though and that's not really the
1: it's not the life and there's one social media user goob who actually exposes some women who like what we say cook their photos or right. doctor up their photos so they stretch them they alter their waist they alter their glutes and everything but i really preach being real on social media because the negative impact of cooking your photos and everything—it like distorts the image that these younger kids have looking at social media in middle school and high school. If they see you looking perfect twenty-four-seven, they feel like that's how they have to look. Right. So on my, and we know
0: that because we have a nine-year-old daughter, correct? Who
1: <laughs> yes. Who
0: sees this all the da- all the time.
1: So I've preached and I've made a point to stick to my morals to look as real as possible on social media because. I mean, if you don't and you alter, doctor all of your photos, then that makes you fake to your audience, and that makes you untrustworthy.
0: Right. And shout out to Goob, man, dude. He's cleaning cleaning up the uh, fitness industry one post at a time, and he does a great job, man. And we've we've both met him. You know what I mean? At when you went pro, like the nicest guy in the world. You know oh, what absolutely.
1: I mean? And some people give him a lot of flack for what he's doing, but I honestly think it's great for how we have a social media driven world right now and he's exposing all the fakeness all of the doctored ai generations that people use on their social media it's so fake and it's not who that person really looks like i mean you and i went on vacation what to punta cana right. and we sat next to a girl on the flight the whole way back and we basically watched her alter every single photo that she had yeah that, that was she wild. took on I that, forgot trip. About that. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah that was crazy and it really does, um, like, it pulls back the curtain a little bit on, I guess, the bodybuilding industry, right? Of, like, hey, man, like, we're, we don't look like this all the time. No. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's, the re- it's, it's something people don't want to see, but they need to see, right? They want to see you at your best every time. They want you to be a superhero every time they open up their, their social media. But that's just not the way it is. I mean, there are some freaks out there. There are some women and, and guys who stay stage lean. And I don't know how they do it, but they stay stage lean and they look great all season long. You know what I mean? But for the majority of the women out there and men, like, they all go through the same thing, right? I mean, we've seen all the pro bodybuilders that we have we hang out with and everything. We see them in their off season. They look like normal human beings. I Absolutely. mean, they're big. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, you're... You can tell when someone's been, <laughs> someone's listening, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, they don't look like uh, a freak walking around all the time, you know what I
1: mean? Well, I feel like the audience that you attract should be who you want to be. So I present a more real image of what I look like in the off season and in season during prep. That's the audience that I want to keep. I don't want to keep a fake audience that only wants to see how good I look on stage day. That's not going to be me 24 right. 7. That's like a little slight glimmer of what i look like maybe like 0.1 percent what i look like during the whole year 365 days a year that's not what i look like so i'd rather have an audience that wants to see me in every shape or form
0: right and it also helps out when you're talking to clients who you want to coach to be real with them right that like hey like if you want to be with me i'm gonna get you big you're gonna look big in the off season right but at the end of the day, when you show up on that stage, you're going to be in shape, ready to go, conditioned, and you and as a competitor, I think that needs to be told ahead of time because they, you know, probably see the rest of these women who are stage try to stay stage lean, you know, and mm-hmm. just doesn't work out, especially for the younger people who need to gain muscle.
1: That's right, um, and I think that actually a lot of men, like my own husband, including. They like to see women a little bit more curvier. They like to see them a little bit thicker in the off season. And it took me a while to get used to that also to make sure you are comfortable with how thick I was and how curvy I was in the off season and you ended up loving it. But it still messes with your head occasionally. Um, you have some people in the industry that do want you to look stage stage lean all year round. And it messes with your head to think like, I do need to look like that because that's what my audience wants me wants to see. Yeah. And honestly, that's not what the majority of the audience wants to see. They want to see the real person. They want to see the real stories. They don't want to just see the final product. They want to see the journey it took to get there.
0: Right, exactly. And it takes a toll on you mentally and physically to, to stay on diet 100%, mm-hmm. 365 days out of the year. It's just not sustainable.
1: It's you not. Know? And honestly, I would say peak week is probably your most unhealthy point of the year.
0: A hundred percent. And that's, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, when you see her on stage, she couldn't run a hundred yards or lift any more than like 50 pounds off the ground. If she tried that day, if I was like, if you want to mess with a bodybuilder, the biggest bodybuilder in the world, you mess with him on show day, because all you got to do is push him and run away. And he's either going to fall over or he's not gonna be able to catch you. One of the two.
1: Those people are either dehydrated or yeah, like their joints are pushed to the brink or you've dieted it so hard that like you're on the very edge of what's called the perfect physique, but not the perfect performance physique.
0: Yeah. So what's it feel like when you get on that stage? Because, um, you know, this is one aspect that I get on this podcast or in life in general. I've never done anything like that, right? I played in college football. Like I understand, you know, crowds around you watching the game. You kind of, you know, do it out. But getting on a stage alone by yourself in a bikini (laughs) not like you're going out there in like, you know, like a suit and tie and giving a, a presentation, you know what I mean? You're out there being judged by the world. Not only by those five judges, but the but the world is looking at you. What does that feel like going out there?
1: I would say because naturally, I mean, you know I'm an introvert at heart, so As soon as my heel hits that stage, that's honestly a point where I can be somebody else for 60 seconds. And it's my way of expressing myself where I can't do that on a normal level to some people. Like, I'm such an introvert. Like, sometimes social situations, I can't handle myself very well. (laughs) And I like to go home at 9 p.m. and I just want to go home and watch TV. But when I hit that stage, I get to be that extrovert for at least 60 seconds. I get to express who I want to be for that little bit of time. I'm an actress and I get to put on a show for everyone. And that's where I can truly let loose and just show them who I truly am inside.
0: And so what's it like when you get out there? Does everything just go black? Like (laughs) What happens? Because I know you have to hit certain marks on the stage. I know they have it marked out and everything like that. But you know, first off, you're depleted like you said. You're dry. You don't have a lot of water. Your brain's not functioning. Like, it's a lot of it's muscle memory, but what's it like getting out there and you step on there and you look out and there's all those people looking at you?
1: Well, when your adrenaline's rushing, you can do almost anything. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever music is playing over the loudspeaker, I honestly don't hear it. And I don't even see the judges. I don't see the audience. Just everything comes to a head, I would say, in that moment. Like those 12 to 14 weeks that you're preparing for that moment. It honestly just feels like you, and truthfully, I treat it as a spiritual experience. It's just me and God. It's like I'm just putting on a show, and I'm just honoring Him with what He's blessed me with in this opportunity at this moment. I honestly don't hear the music that's going on over the speaker, and I just play whatever music that I want to hear in my head, and I just have fun, and I just enjoy the moment. At that point, the hard work's done, and you just get to put on a show.
0: Sure. So what happens—so what's it feel like when you're— in the top five or six and you're posing off with those girls walking back and forth Do you all talk to each other up there do you, <laughs> you talk shit. do you jockey a little bit do you, you know no. you're looking at them giving a, uh.
1: <laughs> oh no on stage you can't do that because that's what i know some of the men do that and they like kind of like jab at each other and everything but the women we have to maintain a nice poised personality and maintain the miss america type of personality the more welcome and invitable personality, um off stage. I'm still friends with a lot of those girls. Yeah, we might battle it off on stage and outpose each other, but as soon as we get off stage, I have a couple friends like Amanda and Nicole. We hug each other out. And we're like, man, that was a good show we put on. Right.
0: So, do you ever like get up there? You know, because we're in the gym a lot, right? You hear a lot of grunting and stuff like that. <laughs> People like getting into their poses. Do they ever like? oh this hurts real bad you know like someone cramps up you know you can hear them kind of wince or something
1: oh yeah during practice obviously you have those moments where you're cramping up if you're dehydrated and everything but it's your job once you hit that stage to make it look effortless right you don't want those judges to think like oh that pose hurts ooh we can definitely see that no right it's supposed to look natural you sit in that pose and you put on a smile And you want the judges to think, oh, this is easy for them.
0: Yeah. So what about that one with you and Amanda, which shout out to Amanda Burnett. We love her. (laughs) Love her and her husband, Scott. Uh, What was it like? Because I think y'all had one of the longest pose offs last season. Y'all went back and forth for what felt like an eternity. (laughs) What was it like up there? And then what was it like when y'all got off the stage?
1: Oh man, like both of us standing up there looking at the judges, we can tell like they were struggling to pick who they wanted to win that show and it was honestly Amanda and I are such great friends. Like we know we both have a goal to make it to the O at the end of the day. But yes, we're going to battle it off off stage. But as soon as we get off the stage, we're like, we both take a deep breath. We're Like we don't know who's going to win, but good luck, whoever it is. And we give each other a hug. And honestly, she's such a good friend of mine. It's like If I could lose anybody, it would be her. Sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and y'all did a great job, and that was, yeah, it was great to see that. Uh, What's it like back there? Does it stink? Do people smell? Do the guys, you know, talk to you? Do they not talk to you? Do the bikini girls talk to you? Do the big girls talk to you? Does anyone talk, or is everybody just back there just hanging out?
1: I would say once you enter the pro leagues, I would say each category kind of minds to themselves, and obviously it's... Competition day. Everybody wants to be in their own little world. They don't want to talk much. Uh, It varies whichever show you go to. I would say the most talkative I've ever been around people was the Legion show, the last one I did. And normally the men and the women stay separated and they just stay in their own little world because it's competition day. That's a job for them. So they got to focus. But Legion, there were a couple of us that were just like cracking jokes backstage and just having fun with each other. I actually really enjoy that whenever we do get a chance to just talk to each other and just like interact a little bit. So
0: who is the biggest mess backstage, the men or the women?
1: Oh, that depends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And but I mean mess, I mean like just stuff everywhere, just disheveled, don't know. Because I know myself, when I don't have a lot of carbs in my system, I am a complete wreck. Like I'm all over the place when I'm tired, when you know things just are not feeling great. I'm all over the place.
1: I would say it wouldn't be just men or women, but I would say there's a big difference between the amateur level and the pro level. Okay, all right. Because once you get to the pro level, you've done it so many times mm-hmm. already. It becomes, it's I a job. That. It's a job and you have to perfect your system. You have to perfect your flow. You have to perfect like set your step-by-step process. Sure. When you're an amateur, I guess, like you've only had a couple shows under your belt. So you see rice cakes flying everywhere. You see <laughs> <laughs> you see girls like maybe yelling at each other or coaches yelling at clients or whatever. But the more shows that you do, and then once you get into the pro leagues and the more pro shows that you do, the more professional it becomes, the more easy it becomes. I would say the better the flow is, your workflow. Because you do end up treating it like a job. It's like you're going to the office today.
0: Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And what is, like, what would you say as far as, like, backstage goes? Like, what is the, the best part of it? What's the best part and the worst part? Because I know what my best part and my worst part would be, but I've never been back there, and I've never been the one going on stage. My best part would be just hanging out with the people and getting to see everybody. The worst part would be I would be so nervous. Like, I would be back there just stomach in knots.
1: Oh, I would say it's good and bad for both reasons. Like, okay. of course, your stomach's in knots before prejudging because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Right. You have to focus on what your job is, your posing and everything. There's a couple girls that I run into frequently, show to show, and I do look forward to seeing those girls. That is the best part to me because I might not have seen them for a couple months and then I see them again on the next show day and it's like, it's just amazing. Some of the girls you know you connect with the most, those are the ones you enjoy seeing, even though you haven't talked to each other for a couple months. It's like, it's just a joy to see them again because it's the camaraderie behind it. Well, this
0: is where like car shows and bodybuilding kind of cross, right? Yes. Because it's the same way. You know what's funny is, you know like, you know people from Instagram or social media and you know their handle and -hmm. you can't remember their whole name, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's <laughs> the same way with cars. Like, you, you don't see someone, like, all winter, right? There's no car shows, right? So I, I won't see but a few people that I really know. But then spring comes around, they'll bring their cars out, and we'll be hanging out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's up? You know what I mean? And like, you get to hang out with them and, you know, you know, talk about what you did all winter long, you know, and, and whatever you've done, you know, since you've seen them
1: last. Oh, yeah, there's a couple people that you really gel with and that you connect with, and it's like, doesn't even matter how much time has passed. Like once you see them again, it's like nothing even happened. Right. Yeah.
0: So, and you've moved into coaching, which is awesome because now you're passing along your knowledge. And so we both coach basketball as far as our our young women's basketball teams, (laughs) which is fun. You know what I mean? You get to pass on your knowledge. But you're passing along to girls who are amateurs trying to become pros and one who's a pro, uh, that you've you turned pro already. what is What do you love about that? Like, uh, you know, what kind of pulls you to that? You know what I mean? What makes you want to do that? I sh- that's probably the question I should ask.
1: Well, I should note that I remember when I first turned pro, one of the judges told all of us ladies on our photo shoot day, he said, you ladies might have three to five years to do this. Uh, some of you might go in a different career path. Some of you might want to have babies or in the industry gets tired of you. So you have to think about what you want to do after those three to five years. You can't compete forever. Yes. There's going to be a couple girls who do compete like 10 plus years. You have Ashley Coltwasser who is a legend. Hats off to Ashley. Um, I remember competing against her when I was in my early twenties and she's a legend in herself and can con- continue this for probably many more years. But I really started to think like, oh man, like what is going to be my competition retirement goal after this? So, Yes, I love to compete, but even I know that my time is limited. So I know what I know and all my years of experience working on oncology, working at CrossFit, um, radiation biology, everything, education. I was like, how can I contribute to this industry? So I thought like, OK, let me get my first year as a rookie year professional bodybuilding under my belt before I reach out to girls and start coaching them. I had many, many girls that did reach out There's to our me. are dogs. I know. <laughs> I had many girls that did reach out to me in my rookie year that wanted me to coach them, but I wasn't quite ready yet because I wanted to see what I could do as a professional. Right. And then the turn of the new year, I was like, all right, I'm going to dive back into it and I'm going to give back my Mm -hmm. knowledge. And honestly, I just enjoy teaching girls what I know and teaching them that there is more than one way to do this. You can do it naturally. You can do it enhanced any way that you choose. I remember when I took on Riley my one client um, I had a certain someone that told me it can't be done you can't turn a natural athlete as a professional and I was like okay I looked at that as a challenge I said watch me let me see what I can do and I actually didn't tell her until after she won her pro card <laughs> what this person said uh, because I wanted to prove to the world that it can be done naturally and I have maybe half my girls in my roster that are still natural and I truly believe in that, yes, it requires more work as the coach, but it can be done. I've proven it can be done, and I see too many coaches in this circuit who have big teams but they give each other all their girls cookie cutter plans and they say, like, everybody has the same plan. Not everybody's the same. Not every metabolism's the same. Genetic makeup isn't the same. How can you give the same cookie cutter plan and expect the same results? You can't. Some of these coaches just want a paycheck and they just want to steal everybody's money. And I actually just gained a client at the last national show because her own coach ghosted her on show day, basically took her money. And this girl has a great shape, and she could have done much better. And I truly stick with my morals and my integrity to bring the best out of every athlete that I have. And I do have a cap of how many athletes I take on every season because I want to give them the best best of me. Sure.
0: Sure. And I think we talk about that, me and you, just me and you talk about it a lot, is... The business behind this league, right? And there's a great quote, um, show me the incentive and I'll show you the outcome, right? Which is, was made by a very, 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 very famous investor. But you show me the incentive and I'll show you the outcome really goes behind the inner workings of bodybuilding. And the fact that a lot of, you know, younger athletes don't understand that the business is not competing. The business is everything else behind competing. Correct. And I don't think that's told enough. You know, I mean, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, they all have these big seminars when these guys get drafted in, right? These rookies get drafted in. They tell them about the finances behind the NFL. You know what I mean? You you play for... A team in Pittsburgh, a f- team in Houston, you got to pay taxes in every single state that you played in, mm-hmm. which means don't be spending all your money like crazy. Right. You know what I mean? And they tell you about the, you know, there's some people behind it and everything. Anyways, that's not given to bodybuilding, right? You guys are all pros, but you have to figure out yourself the business behind it and how you fit into it. Right. When you got into this, we talked You just wanted to go pro that was it i'm gonna go pro may do one show and then i'm done
1: right i feel like that's the most goal for a lot of these athletes they just want to turn pro and that's it
0: right but if you're young and you want to be in this and you really want to do this long term you need to figure out the business behind competing because competing is not the business no if you are one of the very few multiple award-winning olympians yes by all means you have the sponsorships you have the people that are going to take you here they're going to do all the stuff for you but if you're anybody outside of the top 1% of it you need to figure out how you're going to do this because show day's not cheap no all the food is not cheap all the travel's not cheap all of the training's not cheap and everything that goes along with it is not So I wish there would be more of that education in bodybuilding. We talked about maybe doing a podcast on just the business aspect of this, you know what I mean, which because I think it's, it's not told enough, you know what I mean? And, you know, personally, I think that the league relies on the competitors and I don't think the competitors understand that because everybody wants to just get in. You right know what I mean?
1: well there's no business plan so as soon as you turn pro it's kind of like here you go and i'll figure it out yeah and there's everybody
0: wants you at the show because you're the hot new thing right and we learn this you know you know various promoters will come to you and say hey we want you at this show you know and they, they give you this great speech and everything and then you show up to the show which is and, and they are great shows don't get me wrong but it's not you're there because they want to sell more tickets you're not the other way around. You right. And I mean? you have
1: to look at what's in your best interest, but it is a give and take. Obviously, you need those promoters to give you that PR and they need you also to fill tickets to Correct. sell those tickets. So you have to look in what's your best interest as far as travel and what you're investing in. It's like how much do you want to invest in show to show or how far you want to travel um, or the time frame that you want to travel and it's like maybe this next six months I need to build up my client book as far as my coaching business or I need to get on stage right now in order to generate a bigger PR move for me to get more clients, right? So honestly the more that you're on stage That's the best PR that you can have and the most exposure in order to generate those clients
0: Yeah, and we're in a great position and we talk about this a lot is you know fortunately, we're one of the few You know, probably families. Well, there's probably a lot, but we're one of the few that don't rely on bodybuilding to pay our bills and our paycheck and everything. We're in a comfortable position where we don't have to win every show. You know what I mean? We don't, you don't need a roster of a hundred athletes. Because we need to pay our bills, you know, for, for our house and our food and all that stuff, you know. So we have that uh, comfortability to sit back and really look at it from a different point of view. Whereas if you were a 21, 22-year-old struggling, maybe working, making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year, and you're spending 30 of it on bodybuilding, you know what I mean? You need to win a show. You need to do this. You need to do that. Right, and
1: there's more pressure on certain athletes that might be a single person, a single female, or a single male who doesn't have a spouse with a second income. Right. Because this is a luxury sport, so you do have to weigh the pros and cons of how many shows you can do a year. If you are that single person, you don't have another income. So you have to really be smart about how many shows you can do per year or back-to-back in order to generate like an income to pay for those shows too.
0: Yep, absolutely, 1,000%. So, Like I said, there's a business behind the business. And I wish more people saw that, you know what I mean? Because it's not, I'm going to go work out as hard as I can, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat strict, I'm going to do all my cardio, and I'm going to get on stage, and I'm going to win every show, you know what I mean? There's so much more into it than that. You could be the most disciplined person, have the worst business plan, and you would fail every single time, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it just is what it is, you know? So I wish there was more of that, so, but... What's your favorite thing about competing? What do you like the most about it?
1: Oh, man, I just love to push myself and just, I don't want to say hit the extreme, but just know what my cap is, what my best is. Sure. And that's honestly what God Himself has provided for me. It's He's given me the tools. He's given me the toolbox. It's just, what can I do with this toolbox? Everything in this little box, it's up to me to decide how I can use them. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a spiritual aspect and once I make it to show day, it's just me having fun with it. I truly love just competing and just doing the best I can. Um, it's not for the attention. It's not for the fans whatsoever. Like I could care less about that. It's just bringing my best every time and just improving myself from show to show. Sure. Sure.
0: And then what's the worst part about it?
1: <laughs> oh, the worst part. Oh, man. This is
0: the best question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple different things i would say just
0: give me the the worst just the worst
1: okay i would say the worst would be since i turned pro i i could i guarantee like people would say i'm pretty naive and i trust people too much so i would say learning who you can really trust in this industry um i think that's a good one yeah because i am very naive and i like to think that everybody means well and everybody means the best And there's a close circle group of friends who I've been friends with before I even turned pro and they've still managed to be my close friends. That's Nikki, Sam and Keith. I mean, shout out to those guys. Um, But you really have to be careful who you trust in this industry. Some people use you to just get ahead. I learned that this this last year was definitely a learning year for me (laughs) as far as who really has my best interests at heart and who really are my true friends. Sure. So I would say that was the biggest learning curve this year, and I still maintain a small circle. And I don't want to say that I trust don't trust many people, but you do have to be careful. Yeah, for because sure. everybody wants a piece. Once you turn pro, well, I think
0: it goes back to the business aspect, right? Yeah, I mean, it. Everybody want. There's an incentive in it for everybody, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so. and
1: there's an opportunity for everybody. Obviously, when you turn pro. You have a bigger audience. You have a chance for someone else who might be associated with you to be associated with that audience. And they, at some point when you become a higher status, everybody wants a piece of it and everybody wants to be a part of that. Everybody wants to be a part of that spotlight and you have to do your due diligence to figure out who those ones are and to weed them out pretty much. Sure,
0: 100%. Um, so we we can't like do a podcast without talking about instagram
1: creeps <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i wonder where this one's going
0: <laughs> and uh how creepy um instagram is because i would say yours is pretty pretty pg there's occasionally there's some stuff up there that's a little you know out there but what uh what how what's the instagram uh creep situation like
1: Oh, it depends on what you post too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so if you do a couple photo shoots, and you might post like a PR photo shoot, like recently, I've learned from my my biggest photo shoot, which probably would be Hawaii. Every time I post one of those vid- uh, videos or photos. That's when my DMs get bombarded with, hey, do you sell content? Hey, do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> hey, do you sell this? Hey, do you sell that? I go, no. <laughs> which,
0: which, if you're doing the OnlyFans and all that stuff, we are not, we're not shitting on you by any, by any means. That's for you. Know, for you like People got to make their money. There's a lot of money in it. But again, you're not in bodybuilding. We don't make that like that. We don't have to pay our bills on that, you know. Which is great. It's just a great convenience to have, a great, you know, luxury to have.
1: Yeah, and I've maintained my morals and my integrity as far as like what image I want to present. I mean, I coach basketball in the evenings for fourth grade girls and I have parents that I have to answer to. So I need to maintain a positive image on not just social media, but to those girls also. Right. So to me that means more that's more important to me than just selling my images for whoever wants them to see the, my most vulnerable side, which <laughs> I would personally, I don't want to shit on anybody that does only fans, but I would rather go broke than have to resort to that. Sure.
0: Sure. And I mean, let's be honest. You're wearing uh, a few inches of cloth on stage, anyways. You're pretty much the it yourself. <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, that's enough exposure for one person already. <laughs>
0: I think so. It's not that kind of show, Jen.
1: That's right. I remember <laughs> when I first got in the industry and I didn't really know how to pose very well. And I posed with some of the higher ups in the industry and I just happened to bend over slightly in my back pose and they go, Hold on, Jen. They go, we want it to be a more suitable show for an entire audience. We don't want it to be that kind of show. Oh, (laughs) I get it now.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So looking to 2024, are you excited? Are you nervous? Do you not know what to do with your hands? (laughs) Do you just...
1: (laughs) No, I'm more excited than anything. I'm like a racehorse at the starting gate, like just ready to go as soon as my coach gives me the go-ahead. Right, right. And I think it's going to be fun.
0: I'm enjoying this more, I'm not gonna lie, that very first year that we did it, it was nerve wracking. It was fun, but I was like, it was nerve wracking. It was tough on our relationship too.
1: Yeah, we'll be honest. I mean, we hit a breaking point where it was definitely a learning year for us. And I would say I trusted the wrong people at that time to make decisions for me. And that definitely weighed on our relationship, and that's something that you need to really focus on going into this industry, whether you're an amateur or a professional. You really have to talk to those who are close to you, whether it's your parents or your spouse, and really have a sit-down and come together after every show and discuss like what your options are, what the next best move is, what's in your best interest. So uh, Jason and I, who's on this podcast, we made an agreement after... <laughs> my first year to come together after every show and discuss okay what do we want to do next what's in our best interest what's in the best interest of our family what's in the best interest of my business so i don't like to set out an entire year of shows like i want to do this show that show this show that one it's honestly like a show-to-show decision because after each show we have to decide what's the best for us in that scenario
0: right right because i do have a job too and right (laughs) (laughs) and we have to be at those functions
1: right and we have a daughter too so we have to weigh like what's coming up for her and what's so we can be available for her because I try not to do any shows that might interfere with her school schedule or her sports schedule or anything else that's going on yeah
0: and we'll have to say like like I said this year I really I really enjoyed this year I really had a fun time with you this year especially towards the end when we went out to Arizona and hung out stuff like that that was fun yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had a great time. Like, we had a really good time, so that was fun. I, I'm enjoying it more as we get into it and we understand the business of it and we understand, like, how everything works. Like, it just it gets better. You know what I mean? It
1: does, and it's a learning experience, but you have to be patient with yourself. You have to be patient with the process, but don't get lost in the process is what I want to say.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and manage the expectations, right? Because that's like... I think we had some big expectations when you first started, you know what I mean? And, like, we didn't hit them, and I think we were all a little disappointed. But at the end of the day, everybody's a pro. Everybody's good. Yeah, You're not going to win every single time you go up there. You know, yeah, unless your name's me. Francielle or Seba <laughs> or someone like that, right? Like, you're just not going to. Like, everybody just, some people just show up out of nowhere, and they look fantastic.
1: You know? Yeah, you try to be as strategic as you can, but... You have to go into each show knowing that somebody might have been super quiet on social media and they just might show up that same day that you did and you still have to show up and give your best. Like You can't control who shows up, you really can't.
0: Right, right, and sometimes you show up the best and sometimes you don't, it's just what it is. It's the
1: ice cream truck flavor of the day. It's a barbecue (laughs) contest, for sure, 100%. (laughs) It is, uh, especially with the wellness category. There is a set criteria with it. But each judge has their own interpretation of it, I would say, and what their preference of the category is. I would say wellness is more, yes, it has a certain criteria, but it's still a preference.
0: Yes. I think 100%. 100%. And your coach is great, Ray. He's a big car guy. I hope he listens to this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's got all
0: kinds of cars down there in Brazil.
1: <laughs> I would say he was. he's been the biggest stress reliever this year as far as my professional career he's been so supportive um coming off an injury when he picked me up i mean this man has an entire roster of olympian athletes and he could have turned a blind eye to me but bless his heart he took me on <laughs> at my lowest point um and he made me look my best and how, how
0: big of how big of it is, is it to pick the right coach that matches up with your personality and your ethos and and for the time that you need them, right? Because I think there's different coaches for different points in your career, correct? Correct. You know what I mean? There's coaches that get you to the pros. There's coaches that'll get you, you know, way up the line in the pros. There's coaches that'll win it for you. There's, you know- there's- Right, there's certain
1: coaches that do have a certain specialty to themselves. Like there are some coaches who get you started, get your feet wet with it. There might be some coaches who do turn your pro, but might not know how to fine-tune your status in order to win a pro show um everybody has their own specialty and i do think all of my coaches in my career start to finish they've all had a hand in helping me reach certain points but it's like a plant in a in a pot it's like you can only grow as big as your potter is so sure Oh, that's good. That's a good analogy. (laughs) I like that. There's snacks. Yeah. At some point you outgrow the pot that you're in and you have to be transplanted to another pot and you outgrow certain coaches. But even I maintain with my clients, it's like at some, I even tell all them I go at some point you might outgrow me and need to go a different Avenue, but I'm always going to support you. I'm always going to be your friend. Um, You just have to make the best decision for yourself. And one of my very first coaches um, I outgrew, Her coaching at that point in time, and we both actually still talk weekly, and we're both still really good friends. Yeah. So it's nothing personal, and, and I. And she was good.
0: She got you started. She got she did. you. Did. Almost won you a little uh, uh, local show in Ohio the very first time you got on stage.
1: Yeah, and I still learn from her today because she's a professional herself. So now I'm still learning from her as far as a competitor aspect.
0: Sure. Sure. Awesome. Well, anything you wanna shout out to anybody you want to talk about cars a little more or uh. <laughs> no <laughs> how do you like riding your uh stationary bike in between a 70 chevelle and a 1997 eclipse
1: i mean i wish i had more space to put a treadmill in there but i mean Sorry. my space is a little limited i mean jason you're told in me. a garage
0: <laughs> with two iconic muscle cars a 68 nova and a 70 chevelle and an iconic import that you know launched a generation of multiple movies fast and furious movies that car did it right there next to you you're you get to you get to ride (laughs) in like a museum
1: and you're Uh complaining Pretty much, I get to ride my little vehicle and my little bike, but every time I post a little selfie of me doing my Fast Cardio at 5 or 6 a.m., everyone's like, oh, what kind of car is next to you? What kind of car is on the other side? It's like, don't even worry about it. Why don't you have any questions about my little bike that I'm riding? <laughs> um But no, like... You get
0: to work out in the museum,
1: snacks. I mean,
0: come on. What more could you want?
1: <laughs> I know. I do want a treadmill in there, if you'll let me.
0: No. <laughs> no room. I'm sorry. But no,
1: like... The last note that I want to leave with everybody is whether you're a professional or an amateur You have to enjoy your off season or improvement season also. Yes, that's the time to really make improvements and Grow your body and push the food as much as possible, but Take the time to enjoy your family. Take the time to enjoy your friends I mean you hear our Christmas music in the background We're sitting here next to our Christmas tree that's lit up and our fireplace that's on but I mean every year there's a season for everything there's a reason for everything and take the time for everything it can't be all just it's not always sunshine and rainbows there's some good times there's some bad times uh if you follow my instagram you can see (laughs) some of the good times and the bad times but just try to be real with each other be honest and open with one another Um, we're not all superheroes as pros i know some women like to put the best part of their season on instagram but that's not reality i like to be as real as possible with my audience and i would expect you guys to i honestly think more people would respect you that way i like so, that it's time to just, change the
0: culture and bodybuilding and fitness and i'm glad there's people out there doing it right now
1: yeah absolutely i mean you see nfl players or nhl players that go home they intro they reintroduce themselves to their families they catch up with people that they've missed out on Yes, there's sacrifices and bodybuilding. I've missed out on so many social events with my daughter, with my husband, with my friends, but those that stick around when you can reintroduce yourself back into society, those those are the ones to hold on to.
0: For sure, for sure. So So where can they find you? Where (laughs) can everybody find you online, on social media?
1: Uh, Well, my Instagram handle is Jenny, J-E-N-I dot S-N-A-X, so Jenny Snacks. That actually was a joke in the very beginning. It was. I know. When I first started doing <laughs> CrossFit, um, well, I'm still always hungry, but that's always the joke is that I'm always hungry. So my husband, who runs this podcast, thought it would be hilarious to change my Instagram name to Jenny Snacks. It was like Jennifer1575392.
0: <laughs> like, no, that was lame. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I actually transitioned once I started doing bodybuilding, and now I don't even think anybody knows me by my last name. They just know me as Jenny Snacks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, You weren't funny before you met me. (laughs) Oh, thanks.
1: (laughs) No, I was pretty serious about life. Yeah, you were. Well, you You
0: had a pretty tough, tough, tough up until that point. That could Uh, be
1: for another episode in the future. So,
0: uh, so Jenny, Jenny Jenny.Snacks on, um, Instagram, which is crazy that nobody else has that handle. You are, it's not like one two three four five you know what I mean right whatever uh where else TikTok right you're dipping into TikTok
1: Oh uh, yeah I'm starting to get into Raindrop that
0: drop TikTok
1: I feel like I'm too old for TikTok but a couple of my friends convinced me to do it so
0: okay all right I'm not on TikTok so I don't know anything about it <laughs> uh Facebook
1: uh rarely I only stay on that for my daughter's sports I hate Facebook just letting you know okay what's it under. Oh, just, <laughs> <laughs> just Jennifer Zollers. Jennifer Zollers.
0: And then they can find you. What's your website? you got to think about all this. Oh, yeah. My, Man, you're not good uh, at promoting yourself at all. I'm good at promoting you. Go ahead.
1: I know. I just dive into the hard work as it is. I don't necessarily think about the PR so much. Right. But uh, my website is snacksinthewild.com. It's pretty simple. Snacks, S-N-A-X, in the wild. And you can And check you out. created
0: that all by yourself. I did. Yes.
1: And what's so surprising about that?
0: nothing i just (laughs) i thought it was great i think it's a good looking website
1: yeah i feel like everybody should have a good website to promote their coaching styles and just their personality i mean what you see on social media isn't necessarily everything what you see on their website isn't necessarily everything and when you're choosing coach you should have a conversation with them to figure out what's best for you
0: yep and if they want to work out with you where are you working out at now
1: Anytime fitness. Yeah. We <laughs> and, love that
0: place. It's like a it's like a private gym. No one goes there. And CrossFit
1: 519. <laughs> that was actually like a coming home moment. So,
0: yeah. So, if you want to go work out with snacks, go to CrossFit 519 because Dia's over there and Dia would love to have you in there. And,
1: absolutely. And that's one of the best CrossFit gyms in the Pittsburgh area. Yes. And uh, we love them. That's, and, and, and Mount
0: Lebo. We love you both. Yeah.
1: That's where my Show fitness us, journey Canada. actually started. And just recently, I went back there, and just the people are great. The community is great. People sure. are so supportive, and it's it's like home. Yeah,
0: yeah, so we love that place. Um, for me, we're just waiting on Meta to get back to me on when <laughs> I'm going to get my Facebook. and uh, Well, I have the Instagram, but, it, again, there's someone watching it, so it's tough for me to post stuff on there.
1: Well, if you would like another crossover of bodybuilding and muscle cars, uh shoot jason a separate message private message <laughs> <laughs> to let him know if you yeah, want more know of these if you like this or
0: not. i'm sure by now people are like uh, i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> this isn't cars this is bodybuilding no i'm not listening to this but, we but the bodybuilding we, people are probably listening to this yeah right
1: now. but we figured we'd do something a little different for everybody around the holidays i mean a little shake up a little change up for yeah, everything
0: you might as well try it you know what i mean like what's wrong
1: you know yeah, you let us know see. what you want to hear in the future if you want to continue this and
0: yeah, maybe Snacks will have our own podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see if you want more knowledge from the Bodybuilding community.
0: Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, for everybody who I have talked to on Facebook and Instagram, just hold your horses until I get my stuff back, and we'll get podcasts lined up for the new year. Um, trying to think anybody in the bodybuilding i want to shout out to uh our guy at wellness channel and more
1: carlos carlos
0: we love you buddy
1: johnny styles johnny
0: styles we love you buddy um amanda you're always you're a good follow go follow her she's a great follow nicole stewart nicole, stewart, nicole swole we love her too
1: ray malay my coach
0: ray definitely ray's got some great cars so if you're looking for bodybuilding and cars <clears throat> he's got a little bit of both <laughs> so ray uh, if you ever make it to america i will happily lend you one of my muscle cars you can go <laughs> drive around because you're a man of taste sir um <laughs> i can't think of anything else can you
1: no i think that's it just anticipating the new year in 2024 and see what we can do It's gonna be fun for muscle and cars uh-huh.
0: <laughs> i'll stick to the advertising man marketing <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to my beautiful wife for coming on and humoring me on the podcast today. Uh, I hope you got a few things out of it. Again, if you're a part of the bodybuilding world and listen for the bodybuilding uh, portion and you like cars, go back. There's 46 other episodes for you to listen to. Uh, Really good stuff in there. Uh, I think the podcast has come a long way from episode one. Even though I loved episode one, uh, it was one of my favorites and one of my favorite guys Uh, I think it's come a long way, and uh, I think 2023 was a very big year as far as growth for the podcast. But again, go online, www.radridespodcast.com. You can see all the episodes on there. It streams everywhere if you want to do that as well, as well as I'm going to start putting these episodes on YouTube. Uh, There's going to be a lot of pictures that I haven't been able to post on the website. There will be up there, so you can see some behind-the-scenes stuff, some uh, pretty cool photos that, again, I couldn't fit on there. Uh, or uh, just didn't make the cut for this. But thank you so much to everybody. I look forward to 2024. uh, Next season, uh, uh, season five, I guess, is what it'll be. I'm gonna have some great guys. Uh, Again, to the people who uh, I was talking to when the podcast got hacked, trust me, I'm gonna get back to you as soon as my podcast gets unhacked, uh, which I hope here is in a couple weeks. So if you work at Meta, please unhack, uh, un, uh, unblock me so I can get back on there and uh, I can get back to the podcast. But thank you so much for listening and have a uh, happy new year.